0: Welcome back to the HR Happy Hour Show with Steve and Trish. Trish, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the aughts. Pick the best decade. Tell me why.
1: Well, I couldn't say the 70s because you're quite a bit older than me. You might choose. You the remember 70s. the 70s.
0: I don't want to hear uh, that.
1: I'm an 80s girl. I didn't graduate until the very end, until 1989. So I was actually kind of bleeding over into the 90s. But 80s, I mean, like even now, my kids, they want to listen to all the 80s music, like when we're working out, for example, we're doing like some early uh, 80s Van Halen, that kind of thing. Yeah, 80s all the way best TV shows. And did you know that on Pluto TV, one of my favorite TV, like providers uh, online, they have all the different shows from the 80s. So the other day, I was watching like Family Ties, okay. and Three's Company. So yeah, the 80s. How about you?
0: That's clearly the right 60s. answer, Trish. I applaud you. You got the answer correct. Yes. I mean, out here, you got mixtapes, uh, Walkman. You've got the neon clothing trend, which was kind of fun for a while in the mid-80s. Um, Prince Charles and Lady Di Wedding was an 80s thing.
1: I remember that. Thriller. Up.
0: The Thriller video was in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bird and Magic, if you're an NBA fan, as I am. They Big NBA fan of, here. yeah they have the height of the height of their uh their powers and finally the first web page created 1989 so clearly the 80s
2: i'm gonna contrarian here and go with the 90s
0: all right let me all let me the, the answers
2: but uh <laughs> and you know I, it, it it can't just be like a time of birth uh era thing um but you know likes all those things in the 80s um i like a lot of the music from the 70s good music in all the all of those decades but for me the 90s uh, now that I, I have kids, like they're uh, five, nine and 13, and they're enjoying watching stuff that I watched in the 90s, like they're huge Simpsons fans, they're burning their way through all the Seinfelds. And so what's happening from my, my wife and I is like, we're getting all the references we thought were funny when like we were coming of age um, and going, you know, going to college and stuff like that in the 90s, um, like they're doing them now, which has been like, like pure joy. And um, for sure, first web page in the 80s, but the internet. Like good the nineties was like when the internet started, right? I yeah, mean, like that's time. really um, the best piece of technology out of all those decades. Yeah.
0: So that's our guest, Martin Hartshorn, who came in off the top rope with his nineties. Wrestling was a big nineties <laughs> thing too. Uh, Martin Hartshorn <laughs> is the CEO of When I Work. I will introduce him formally with his bio in a second. Trish, I do want to just thank real quick, our two sponsors for today's show. Our first sponsor is Work Human. The world is watching, the leaders of today and tomorrow, and modern employees want a workplace where they're respected, seen, appreciated, and heard, and they are demanding it. Employees have the right to a human workplace, and you have the power to create one, and thriving organizations like Cisco, Merck, and LinkedIn have realized the immense benefits of putting the human at the center of work. Get your copy of their book, Making Work Human, on Amazon and discover how.
1: Very good. We also want to thank our friends over at Paychex. Um, They have been doing so much amazing work. And I know we've highlighted a lot over the last year, but a lot with regard to COVID. But right now we want to talk to you and and let you know they are a all-around HR, payroll, retirement, and insurance solution provider for businesses of all sizes. And while 2020 has challenged HR leaders like never before, they continue to help you with your strategic planning. Um, They also have the fourth annual 2020 Paychecks Pulse of HR survey, which gives you an in-depth look at how HR professionals are handling and contributing to um, the workplace strategies. Um, and I have to tell you, I think if you have not checked that out, it's a great free resource for HR leaders. I know we always, I was always looking for some really reliable research that I could use to make business decisions. So you can go find that at paychecks.com pulse 2020 today and download your free copy and uh, start using it right for this it's year's tough. planning. It's like the perfect time of the year. So it happened, uh, it happened to be launched right when we all need it. So thank yeah. you, Paychex.
0: Absolutely. So, we we let's introduce Martin formally. Martin Hartshorn is an accomplished entrepreneur and executive with over 20 years of experience in workforce management solutions for hourly teams. Most recently, Martin served as the Chief Strategy Officer at Ultimate Software, which is where we got to know him over the years, where he spent 6 years helping Ultimate grow from 350 million in revenue with 1800 employees to become a global leader in human capital management, saw solutions with 1.3 billion in revenue, that's a lot, and 6,000 employees worldwide. Martin was responsible for the company strategy, product design, strategic alliances and acquisitions, and now he's the CEO at When I Work. Martin, how are you today?
2: I am doing great, Steve and Trish. Nice to see you, thanks for having me here
0: great to have you. Why don't you, uh, Martin, you're an exciting new thing you're doing. Like we know you, you know, from ultimate for all those years. And it was great. It was was always, we, Trish and I have said this many times on the show over since the pandemic started, the very last event we attended was the last ultimate event in the last March at the beginning uh, of right at the beginning of the pandemic. But the, um, why don't you tell us a little about when I work, what's that all about and, and, you know, who they're serving and what you're doing there.
2: Yeah, for sure. Thank you. So um, I joined when I work um, um, last March and um, you know, I, I did so um, after meeting with the founder, Chad Halverson, uh, who built a great company uh, with a relentless focus on uh, shift based workplaces and something that's always been a passion of mine uh, going back to pre ultimate um, just in my career, like sort of fell into things that were workforce management centric. Um, and uh, the, you know, it's, it's an amazing business. Um, there are almost 200,000 workplaces using uh, When It Work uh, for the scheduling and time tracking. Um, and the, you know, the, the shift-based workplace and being able to focus on that was something I've always been very, uh, very passionate about. Um, and so, you know, there are um, 36,000 small businesses uh, using When at Work around the world. Um, there's also over 2,000 Uh, medium and large size companies with hundreds and thousands of employees also using 1A work. Um, And um, the company is about 10 years old. And so um, really born in an era of SaaS has already arrived, um, you know, a proper pure multi-tenant architecture. And the the biggest thing really is the mobile app is the product, right? And so the company uh, was was born out of uh, people who were working in hourly environments and were frustrated with... Um, how complicated it is to get your schedule to contribute and weigh into when your schedule is going to happen and, and, and how you do all that. Um, and so there was a very sort of like end user consumer focus from employees. And that's the people that start, you know, from the start of the company, the people that have been tracked from the company. One of the things we do is like everyone that starts at the company gets sworn in by in front of the whole company talking about their first hourly job, how they got their schedule. Um, and there's a real sort of um, residents right with our with our customers and there's 82 million hourly workers across the United States alone obviously far more um, in the world so it's about sixty percent um, of labor um, so um, we I, I find you know working in the the broader HCM domain over the past like seven or eight years uh, we don't tend to talk about um, this segment as much as we do right as we've been working on um, advancing solutions around engagement and performance and mental well-being, all good stuff, um, but it tends to end up being very knowledge worker centric. Um, and so I was really interested to join the company. They were looking for a CEO to help take them from the next level. They've got good product, product market fit. The company's profitable, but how do we grow this company 2X? How do we grow this company 3X? Um, and it just it felt like a good fit um, to go over and, and help do that. And been super enjoying it, like dodging all the the bullets and craziness of the world of 2020, um, and 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 so we're in a good spot, though. Great, Martin. Thanks for that overview.
1: That's amazing. And can I? I have to tell you, we hear a lot of briefings. We talk to a lot of a lot of different vendors of all different products and sizes. Can I just say, this is not even a briefing, and you just gave like the best <laughs> summary of your business. I'm not even kidding. Like everyone listening, take note. Like if you're doing a briefing with some, that's what it should sound like. I feel like I understand now what your business, how you started. And, and also, I just want to make a comment before my question, which is, I love the fact that you kind of swear in the new employees because having a tradition, I'm, I'm big on employee traditions and having something where they, it sounds like it connects them right away to remembering what it's like to be an hourly worker if they're not currently. So yeah, no,
2: I appreciate that. And you know, my, my first job was painting ceilings. Uh, and I worked for a contractor in a summer who was a general contractor. And of course he gave, I was like 13 years old. He gave me the worst job that he didn't want to do, which was painting. (laughs) I'm like, okay, I can pay. It turns out it was always ceilings. Right. (laughs) And this is in the nineties, um, in the early nineties. And back then a lot of the homes that were being redecorated were stucco. So it's like a, like, not only are you doing this, but you have like bits of stucco falling down on your teeth and like hearing people talk about their first job, um, it just it just reminds everybody of like how far you've come and and to connect like right, with what it's like to work and 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 you know having empathy uh, with the users that we're, we're focused on and we we are very much um, uh, dedicated to the end user the employer right like the theory is if they're good and they like the product, uh, then the supervisors are going to be happier, the company's going to be happier. But even more so, there's a very sort of consumer-oriented mentality in the early phases of the business that is stuck through the small businesses, which is the best salespeople we have are the users, because they go from job to job. And when they go there, they're like, do you have one day work? You should get one day work. And we actually get a lot of customers that way um, uh, who come to our site and sign up because their employees have talked about it. So it works.
1: That's wonderful. Well, I know, you know, I've had, I'm going to say the the pleasure of working with both um, hourly workers, uh, when I was in HR, as well as as the knowledge workers and more of the salaried workers. But I know a lot of times people sort of get into an HR job, and they don't necessarily go job to job very often. Um, Can you tell us, uh, the listeners, maybe a little bit about what are some of the the things they need to understand the difference between um, the hourly and shift workers versus the salaried workers in case they either haven't done it in a long time or what what are kind of the things that you want them to think about?
2: Yeah, sure. enough, I appreciate the question. I think the first thing I'd say is to remember that there are more things in common than there are differences. Right. And so we t- we, we uh, human beings, we love to categorize and sort and organize and label and whatever. Of course, it makes sense, like, to, to, you know, for us to sort of provide context and digest everything in, the, in a complex world. And when we're doing it here, I think a lot of people tend to forget that at the same time, um, you know, shift based workplaces, hourly workers, they have much more in common with knowledge workers and quote unquote white collar workers. In other words, like they're human beings. They're people. They have careers, they care about their job, they care about their lives, uh, they care about progressing. They want to believe in the company they work for. Um, they like the satisfaction of working with customers um, and um, you know, they wanna progress in their life. And they also have the same challenges that people have, uh, most of the same challenges they have. like Often they have like families, bills to pay, rent to make and so on. And so I always like to talk about remembering that there's much more in common. Then there is differences, right? And so, like, let's not just talk about the differences without forgetting that. Um, but you know, there certainly are some distinctions um, to, uh, to highlight, right? And it's why we exist as a company is to is to take is to understand those well and use them to deliver the same kind of good life experiences people want um, that use their product uh, as humans, right? And so, and actually, with everything that's going on in the world right now, some of those differences are really front and center, right? I mean, like. The, the three of us are not essential workers. For example, right, many shift-based workplaces are right now full of essential workers and they're essential for a reason. Like they, um, you know, they, they do really important jobs that hold up the infrastructure in society, right, in, in healthcare, Um, in, in food service um, and in, in, you know, in retail and hospitality and everything else. Like these are all things we've come to take for granted that should exist and are there. And it's been painful to, um, to have some of them be absent. Um, And so, you know, for a lot of hourly workers, um, they can't miss work. Like they have to work, but you don't get a salary anyways. Right. And so that's a huge, first huge distinction is um, like the time they work is more directly correlated to their pay than it is for, um, the, the, you know, the folks that are lucky enough to have like salary based wages. The, the, the second thing is, um, when they work is a huge factor, right? And so, and it's related to the pay. And so it's like people care so much more about when they're going to work because it's not, um, in in about 90% of, of hourly workers, they don't work a set schedule, right? And so a huge variable, which, becomes um, a big part of their overall experience in their employment is like when are they going to work and even worse it's often not always the same as it is every week and so you know i mean that's why our company's called when i work right it's like the most important distinction is like your schedule is the beginning of figuring out like how you're going to plan your life like over the next like few weeks And again, in the current environment, and I'm sure we'll end up talking about COVID and different things that are happening right now because it's obviously very, very topical, but it it kind of exposes that, um, um, you know, tremendously uh, right now, right? So the the challenges we're all struggling with, um, you know, dealing with like kids if you've got them in remote school or, um, you know, not being able to go to work or having to go get a test because it's been mandated. Think about if you have an hourly job and, you're, you're weighing like, well, I, do I get paid by going to work or do I do this other thing I need to do and like the changes that are around it. And so, you know, the, there's, there's a lot more need to like understand like when you're going to work, how it's going to go, um, can someone take your shift, being able to communicate with everybody at work when you're not at work is yeah. like um, is a much bigger thing um, for, um, for hourly workers than it is for um, um, salary based workers.
0: Martin, thank you for that. I totally agree. And before you even started kind of addressing some of those concerns, I had written down things about like schedule certainty slash predictability and then the impact on earnings, right? Because unlike like lo- those lucky enough to have that salary job, you don't really, wo- you worry about all those things we worry about with family and friends and, and responsibilities, but you don't generally worry about how much am I getting paid on the biweekly payroll when it runs? You kind of know that that's the number, and, right. right? And you just know it's there. And um, how have you, have you seen, whether it's with when I work, and I've only been there less than a year now, but just more in generally with scheduling things that there's been some more push, I think, in some uh, localities to try to give shift based workers more certainty around schedule and more advanced warning about schedule. Is that something that you guys are thinking about, talking about, supporting in the product? Just I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. How, how do we help employers give employees more certainty around when they will work, as you said?
2: Yeah, sure. No. So there's, there has been a trend that predates uh, the pandemic and its influence on our work um, towards uh, hourly workplaces, uh, providing more flexibility in, in scheduling. Right. And so I use the word flexibility that there's like lots of things, including what you're talking about. And so the first thing is for uh, people to be able to participate in the decisions around scheduling, I would say is the most important thing you can do to provide a happier more fulfilled work environment for hourly workers. Uh, and we, we saw this starting maybe seven or eight years ago in healthcare, which tends to be uh, one of the more progressive areas uh, for hourly uh, worker technology and sort of like, if you will, like kind of rights and, and, and things like that because um, they're fairly highly paid um, workers, right? In like uh, nursing and hospitals and things like that, but still shift based. And that's what it has in common. And so we, you know, we have thousands of uh, health organizations using our product, and so you know, there's starting to become a trend emerge there with self-scheduling, right? So it's like, okay, there. If you go back in history, um, scheduling technology was really born out of this like company-centric desire to optimize the math. Yeah. Right? How do I solve for? Um, you know, the spending the least amount on labor, but maximizing the experience of my end customer, the conversion rate in the retail environment, the patient outcome in a healthcare environment. Um, And um, I no longer believe that that is like the right approach um, for scheduling. Um, I believe what you should be trying to optimize is uh, the overall uh, happiness in the, the work environment of all the employees that are there. Right. I mean, we know we are by the way, we already accept this as gospel in like uh, knowledge based workplaces and salary, like with employee engagement and you know the evolution from employee self service to employee engagement, um, you know, onto the employee experience and so forth. Like all those same human phenomena are there for people, right, in hourly workplaces. And so it we believe it turns out that um, if they get to participate in the process of self scheduling, uh, which means like you create a schedule you, and there are some constraints and environmental factors and money and whatever in like the sort of default um, um, uh, schedule itself, but don't fill all the shifts for them. Like let them participate in that to the extent that you can. And that's the, the, the core basis of difference in our product. Um, you know, over 50% of our customers do it that way. Now what's happened in the pandemic is almost everybody is doing it that way Now, like to me, the pandemic has become this like inevitability accelerator, where there's these things that were like trends that are happening, and all of a sudden, like they're either been like they've either been crushed back to some other thing, or they've been accelerated all the way to the end. And self scheduling for sure is one of those that's been accelerated. Everybody's doing this now because you have to, and you have to because it's impossible to get it right when there's even more constraints and and environmental factors and challenges, and even worse, it's dynamic. And so there isn't this thing where you can set it and forget it anymore. Like you have to create it, get them to do it. And then it has to be something that can change and adjust all the way up to the day off and sometimes during the day of, um, even more so now. Um, and so, you know, having tools where people can participate, choose shifts, trade them, communicate, um, like that's the core basis of our product. Right. Um, and we, there are, we, you know, our business has been growing through the pandemic. We're at an all-time high in revenue. And just like everybody, we were scared last year in Q2 when everything started shutting down and like, oh, my God, we serve hourly workplaces and a lot of them are closed. Um, but all kinds of uh, customers came looking for a product like ours because of um, the only way they can schedule is this way now. right? You, the, you can't get everybody in the building and put a schedule on the wall and you can't just sit in and forget anymore. So the flexibility is key.
0: Yeah, and, and when you mentioned uh, the employees when they join, they have to sort of sign, uh, swear in and, and talk about their first hourly job. Of course, I had to think about mine, and yep. and I do. I remember that this is predates Trish. I'm a little bit older, I guess, but predates some of this great technology. But yeah, that 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 piece of uh, paper tacked on the wall in the break room. That was it, and you had to go there to see it. Like that was that was the only way to know what it was. You had to go there, and then you had to write down your your shifts on your piece of paper to walk out. And, and hope hope you could manage that. And if you couldn't, then you were you were kind of doomed. And I'm saying that not because to say how old I am, but also, Martin, I got to believe there are still a lot of places kind of sort of doing that, right? Some managers well, in the back room working it out on an Excel spreadsheet and tacking it to the wall.
2: Yeah, 100%, Steve. So I'll give you a, a, a relevant story. Earlier this week, we we had our all, uh, our all hands kick off of the air. Doing it remote like like the two of you have done all kinds of remote events the past year and it went incredibly well by the way i was like super nervous about it because i i'm a big extrovert i like being in front of people in person i like connecting with everybody that's what it's really all about and so trying to do that remotely has been like scary but it's just it's been working out so great maybe it's because we got you know lots of tech workers and we're 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 all nerds and we're on slack all the time and we're doing all those things and it works out but anyway so we we um the the employees that have started this year uh, we swore them in at the beginning of that summit because we're like, hey, you can't be here for two days digging in with everybody without everyone getting to know you, your first, your first job. And so we had one of the employees, I'm going to say, was in his mid-20s. So I'm thinking, okay, he's going to have this. I use this product or that product. His answer was uh, he worked at um, uh, like uh, Nike stores. Um, and so um, uh, what he used to do, when, um, and, and I'm going to say this was like eight or nine years ago, um, he would, they would post the schedule on the wall just like he was describing still, but he would like the employees would stop by, take a picture with their phones and that's how they got their schedule. So they were using their mobile devices to take pictures of a paper schedule. And I'm like, there's a long way to go. Still. Uh, There are still a lot of businesses that despite the, you know, the advent of technologies like ours and others, uh, many of them are still um, for the first time, like going digital in some form in their hourly workplaces um, and so there's a, you know, there's a tremendous amount of opportunity out there um, for improvement. Also as a, um, like I said, we have 35,000 small businesses, and that's where the product was forged. And so um, many of those small businesses were going from nothing to something. Right. And so there's a lot of our customers that feel the joy of the first time having any kind of tool like uh, to do, uh, to, to do scheduling. So like they were in Excel or they were a business you, We even have customers with like 15 to 20 employees and they're like an entrepreneur, they did a business, they they started. And then you you don't think in advance when you're starting that how much of a pain in the butt it is to deal with scheduling people and, and their gripes and their complaints, and how you can never make everybody you can never make everybody happy. Um, and so you know, um a lot of the a, a lot of our customers are, are going from like nothing to something for the first time still. So lots of opportunity out there still for improvement.
1: You know, I'm glad you mentioned that too, because I talked to a lot of just you know, talent professionals, human resource professionals, even payroll professionals. Um, who who are sort of tasked with kind of thinking about the people aspects of the job and they feel like they're so far behind um, that everyone else in the whole world has you know whatever XYZ technology and I tell them all the time you're not, I mean just because you don't have it there are tons of people that still don't have it, these things and it's such it, it would make such a big impact too I can imagine just having scheduling like this because it kind of struck a chord with me when you're talking about healthcare even just the you know we had something for scheduling but like the changing, shifts, right? That was always a nightmare, you know, for the nurses, if they wanted to pick up a shift in the call center, and but they normally work in the OR or the ER, it was like, it's such a big deal to even switch to a different department to pick up a shift. So it's interesting that that's part of what you offer. It's just built in. It, it I loved when you talked about, you know, it sort of takes away some of those communication barriers, right? By just being, they can communicate directly about switching or picking yeah. one up or whatever, right?
2: Yeah, I was talking last week to um, one of our largest customers with 20,000 employees, um, and um, they're in healthcare, and they've got all sorts of different healthcare uh, modalities, like some long-term care, some acute care, and so on. And obviously, they've had an incredibly busy year uh, going through, um, you know, the, they've grown um, to, to field more workers through various phases of the pandemic, um, and the uh, SVP of HR there, Alex, it's what what you just said is exactly what he talked about. He came to our summit. He talked to our whole team, and said that's been the be- the biggest gift out of the product in the past year. Have, um, you know, they, they originally uh, deployed it um, six or seven years ago uh, to help create schedules, right? So it, it was the schedule creation that, like, oh, this is like taking too much time, it's too much effort, it's too hard. Let's get it. And sure, we've solved that for them. But what's really shined this year is. Even though many of uh, the employees need to go to work to do their work, they don't want them there for anything other than the absolute work itself. And so all of the adjustments, all of the changes, the, um, the, the shift changes, the worker coming and the person not being able to go, this person has to get a test. They can't change it anymore. The schedule is never static. It's always changing. And all those changes are happening through the technology without a conversation, without having to be in person dealing with it or without going into a war room like to try to move your pieces on your game board to figure out what you're going to do. Right. And so, um, you know, we have um, uh, uh, like a chat capability and we have text integration. And so they're doing all this over inside the app and with like team texts and chats and whatever, um, but inside the product. So you've got the context of the, the schedules and the history and the audit um, and, and the rest of it. It's also helped with like minimizing the the contact, right. With things like time clocks and, Um, And whatever. So again, it's just another one of those inevitability acceleration things where, okay, mobile is the way to go. And um, now people are inside the app all the time, um, trying to make those things work. And so you're right on.
0: Martin, I got one last question for me, which is this, we've got everybody in the team, right, say one facility, 10 or 20 workers, et cetera. They're using the app to find their schedule, set their schedule, you know, maybe swap shifts, communicate with each other. I'd love for you to comment a little bit about how that helps kind of bring a team together. You know, we always talk about engagement on the knowledge worker side, right? And, and having people relate to each other and identify with each other, but less about on the shift worker side. I'd love for you to tell me how, when organizations work with tools like yours, how that helps bring the team together and make them a little bit closer.
2: Yeah, I know that's a, it's a great question, Steve. So Uh, let's start by with something we are familiar with in the, um, you know, the knowledge worker environment of like what we know drives engagement, right? Obviously like um, believing in the the company, the, uh, your mission and all those things are important. Um, But the culture is a big part of it, right? So companies that have a good culture, a strong culture, um, like, obviously when that's there, people are more engaged and more productive. Like, so again, we accept that as gospel um, in, in HR. And so if you think about like what makes up a good culture, it's like people care about each other. That's, that's at the core of it, right? It's like people who work together, they care, they know each other. They talk about things that aren't just work. They care about each other. They might know about each other's families and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, and it, guess what? Like in hourly work, it's people too they the same they're wired the same way, they care about the same things. They want to feel engaged. Um, and um, you know, the, the, the first part of that I talked about earlier on sort of participating in when they get scheduled and whatever, and so they can kind of fine-tune their life with their job. But like being part of a company is really being in a team of people, a collection of other people who are what they have in common with you is they work there. Um, And and so um, this idea of being able to communicate with each other to solve problems about like when you're working, what's happening, who's gonna look look out for me, who's gonna help me because I can't make it today, um, who's gonna pick up that other shift. um, Those things have always kind of happened, just sort of like ad hoc on the ground with people talking and and building friendships in the workplace, Um, but now they can happen at scale through the tools. And um, again, with the pandemic um, um, happening over the past year, We've, we've trimmed all of the face-to-face opportunities where people would do those things and build relationships. And just like what's happened in our lives for hourly workers too, all of that thing has moved digital. And so we've seen an enormous increase of our customers using not just like, oh, you can get schedules done, but the, 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 the communication tools that go around it, right? Like the features where people are going back and forth, uh, trading shifts, posting things, thanking each other, giving each other kudos talking the manager seeing that um and, and so on and absolutely and it shouldn't be surprising right it's driving engagement it's driving um the feeling of being part of a team who's looking out for each other and is on a mission together just like it does in all the other environments.
0: I, I think it's been a super conversation Martin and I'm am like I said I'm feel bad Trish like that we don't spend more time talking about these issues And I want to for sure this year. 82 million ship workers, uh 60% of the workforce like it's, uh, it's important that we talk about this stuff.
1: Yeah. And I think too, just, um, you know, Martin having you on talking about when I work, I think that's, that's important too, because I mean, obviously you're, you're touching so many employees right now, but it feels like there's such an opportunity. There are probably lots and lots of businesses of all sizes who are still putting it up on the, on the wall, like Steve mentioned, or, you know, in other similar fashions, trying to email things or whatnot. And, and you're right. I think that, um, the, the one silver lining that might come out of pandemic is just that it does feel like we're all a little more caring about someone else's, you know, family, Absolutely. how's your family? How, you, how are you doing? And so maybe if those conversations too kind of help drive that connection through the app, it will, it will make trading a shift much easier, right? You'll want to help that person and take their shift. You'll want to, you know, pick up, pick up time. If someone just has a loved one, maybe who's ill and they can't, can't come to work, so yep.
2: you know. You know, I'll I'll say with that um, uh, that the um, I used to think some of these things were a function of how large the organization was, right? Like so, like oh, if you have a thousand employees, it's this. If you have ten thousand, it's that. If you have a hundred, if you have ten, and one incredible thing I've learned being here over the past year and seeing our product in action, um, it's that. There's much more in common across all those different sizes of organizations that are shift-based workplaces, um, because what really um, is the beating heart of what it's like being at work is like in the in the location itself, right? You're in the location like when you work um, at a twenty thousand-person organization. But when you go to work, like you're in a small group of people at that site doing the work, it feels the same as if it was a small business that was only that size to you, the worker, right? So it might be different at the administration level, for sure. It's different at the executive level, it's different. But on the ground, it's the same. And so, you know, when I work as a company, that's always um, been doing very well in the small business environment. And in going there, it's like we have over 2,000 customers with hundreds and thousands of employees, Mm-hmm. And but we've never actually uh, said, oh, yeah, come get come use our product, large organizations, right? which is we've been kind of quiet as a company. And so, you know, one thing you're going to hear a lot more of from us in, in, in the next couple of years is like, hey, large organizations, we've got all these customers that found us um, like through our inbound marketing channels. They bought the product. It works for them and they love it, too. Um, and that's really where you'll see us expand in the next couple of years is um, getting a lot more large organizations um, hearing the message of the product and and and, and realizing that um, the most important thing in this solution is actually the employees being happy with it. They like the app, they use it, they care about it, and they have a good experience. And that's actually even more important than like the sort of like fringe optimization you might want to do in all, all of the math. Like this is about uh, creating an engaging work environment for hourlies. Right? And there's increasing hot competition, like to hire people, to retain them, to keep them. All those same things that we've learned in the past 10 years in HR uh, about work environments in general, they're coming um, to the hourly environments. And like we want to be on the forefront of of bringing them there, uh, making sure we solve them in the right way for shift-based workplaces.
0: Yeah. Great, great, great stuff, Martin. The, the website is wheniwork.com. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Martin, so great to see you. It's been uh, over a year probably, right? And, uh, yeah. good, good to catch up. Good to learn what you guys are doing at When I Work. Uh, super impressed. The last thing I'll say real quick, and I, I, I didn't get a chance to do this because the pandemic hit and everything, but there was a pizza shop I used to go to all the time, right? They had a couple of locations, right? And every time I'd go there to pick up the pizza, I'd order it. I'd call and order it and go pick it up. And I'd see on the behind the cash registers there, the schedule, and then I'd have, they'd all kinds of post-it notes on it all kinds of writing on it and i wanted to tell the guy because i bought like 80 million pizzas from him and i thought we were tight but i i didn't really say anything because we weren't really that tight but i want to tell him you can do better than that you don't have yes. to do it that way i can i can tell i can give you some i can help you and but i next time when i go back there martin i'm gonna tell him i'm gonna tell him to go to wheniwork.com. when i work.com so. Yes. You
1: should be ordering pizzas on an app. What are, what kind of dinosaur are you, Steve? Come on, man. You can't talk to him about his technology for his schedule, credibly, if you're not buying the pizza on the app. But, but, but the I think I bought it.
2: That
0: spell. I ordered it from their website. I ordered it from their website, and then I'd go pick it up. But, uh, all right.
1: oh, okay, all right. So you use some technology. All right.
0: Great stuff. So we want to thank Martin once again, wheniwork.com. Also thank our friends at Work Human and Paychecks for all their support. Great stuff happening there. Uh, for our guest Martin Hartshorn, for Trish McFarland, my name's Steve Bose. Thank you so much for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show. We will see you next time and bye for now.